In this episode, I'm going to read to you a blog that I wrote called The Mind-Body Connection and Trauma. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. I think this episode's fairly safe. I don't think there's anything in here super triggering, but, you know, we are talking about trauma and uh, just, you know, put yourself first. You know yourself best. The Mind-Body Connection and Trauma. Peter Levine said, Psychology traditionally approaches trauma through its effects on the mind. This is at best only half the story and a wholly inadequate one. Trauma needs to be discussed in a biological perspective and a psychological perspective. But we need three things. One, a clearer understanding of what trauma actually is. Two, to understand that our thinking mind is an extension of our physical bodies. Three, to understand the relevance of psychology in getting unstuck. One, what trauma is. Trauma is not a thing that is survived and then becomes a psychology issue. Trauma is the biological result of surviving something or some things. Trauma is the autonomic nervous system being stuck in a defensive state, a sympathetic flight fight, dorsal shutdown, or the mixed free state. Trauma is the impact of what our bodies survive and is different from one nervous system to the next. We drop down our polyvagal ladders and into defensive states in order to increase our chances of survival. As we drop down the ladder and lose access to our safety state, we unlock the ability to run, fight, or collapse. This shift up and down the polyvagal ladder is called neuroception and directly involves the unconscious detection of safety or danger. We are biologically hardwired to react to danger cues, cues that have been imprinted within us through evolution, cues that cause a neuroceptive shift into a defensive state before we've even become consciously aware of the cue itself or of the shift. Again, this is different from one nervous system to the next. If you and I survive a car crash, we would walk away from that with potentially very different results. I may be in a very traumatized state, stuck in a freeze response, while you could potentially self-regulate and be more or less fine. Your autonomic nervous system didn't get stuck in a defensive state like mine did. Even though we both survived a car crash, it wouldn't make sense to say we were both traumatized or to say that we went through a trauma. What we went through is a car crash. Whether or not we are traumatized from the car crash event is dependent on each of our nervous systems and the strength of our vagal brakes. Yes, some things are probably more likely to result in a traumatized state. Sexual assault, war, child abuse in all its forms are probably more likely to result in a stuck autonomic nervous system. There's actually two paths to trauma. One is an acute life threat reaction, likely resulting in a freeze state. And number two is a chronic disruption of connectedness likely resulting in a stuck, flight, fight, or shutdown state. As you can see, trauma isn't just some psychological issue that is the result of a traumatic event. It's a fundamental hijacking of the autonomic nervous system, which then gets stuck in that state, even when the body is otherwise safe and no longer needs defensive behaviors. 2. Mind and Body They go together. 
In particular, I'm discussing your thinking mind and your autonomic nervous system. We know from the polyvagal theory that our biological autonomic state is the driver of our thoughts. That story follows state, as Demp Data says. Depending on our autonomic nervous system state, our thoughts and their intensity alter, even about the same thing, like our own children. In a ventral vagal safety state, the thought, my child just needs some extra love and support, might pop into our minds. In a sympathetic flight state, it might sound like, my kid is going to grow up to be a criminal. In a sympathetic fight state, it might sound something like, you're going to listen to me whether you like it or not. And in a dorsal vagal shutdown state, it might sound like, I give up. As our polyvagal state changes, our thoughts change, and so does the intensity of those thoughts. In a ventral vagal safety state, our thoughts will be calm, peaceful, or playful thoughts. In a sympathetic flight state, they'll be more intense and evasive. Sympathetic fight, again, more intense, aggressive thoughts. And in a dorsal vagal shutdown, we'll have small, hopeless thoughts. And as our polyvagal state changes, how much access we have to our higher brain functions changes as well. Our ability to think clearly and critically, to plan, to weigh pros and cons is entirely dependent on the access that we have to our ventral vagal pathways. When we neurocept safety, we activate the ventral pathways and unlock access to our prefrontal cortex responsible for critical thinking. When in defensive states, survival's prioritized, not critical thinking. In defensive states, priority is placed on identifying, evading, or combating danger. We become much better at scanning for danger, though not necessarily better at identifying actual danger. As you can see, this directly impacts our day-to-day functioning and our very own fundamental experience of the overall sense of self. So it's not as if you have your thinking self, which is somehow independent of your bodily self. They go together and directly impact each other. We can alter our thoughts from top-down cognitive shifts, but also from bottom-up somatic shifts. If we can utilize and discharge that stuck defensive energy, we can climb our polyvagal ladders. If we do that, our thoughts change along with the autonomic shifts. Likewise, altering our thoughts can help to self-regulate our biology. Thinking more positively or seeing another angle can help our defensive energy to calm itself. Yes, it's much easier said than done. And this is where the field of psychology becomes significant. Three, the relevance of psychology. A big part of being stuck is the detaching of the conscious mind from the physical body. In a defensive state, we might not be aware of anything below the neck, feelings, emotions, bodily sensations, and movements. We get stuck in our thoughts. We ruminate, obsess, dwell, anticipate, and more. This detaching ensures that our bodies remain stuck in a defensive state. We need to reattach the conscious mind to the physical body in order to get unstuck. Not that body and mind were ever separate. I'm talking more metaphorically. Even if they feel separate, they're still very much together and influencing each other. We're just not cognitively aware of it. In Waking the Tiger, Peter Levine says, Conscious awareness accessed through the felt sense provides us with a gentle, energetic discharge just as effective as that which the animal accesses 
through action. Psychology becomes important because we can mindfully attune to our biology and begin the process of getting unstuck. Only then, when attempting to use our conscious mind to get unstuck, does psychology become relevant and a driving force for change. But it's combining the psychological with the somatic. The psychology field looks at the cognitive, emotional, and behavioral obstacles to getting unstuck in the nervous system. Psychology can assess and treat the cognitions in our mind. We know that thoughts stem from the autonomic state. The field of psychology has come up with many cognitive grounding skills and therapeutic modalities like CBT, ACT, and DBT. If the thoughts can be addressed, it's possible to begin a top-down method of getting unstuck. Addressing the thoughts first, and then reattaching to the body. Psychology can assess and treat the emotional experiences that we have. In a stuck defensive state, emotions become much more difficult, chaotic and long-lasting. Depression, anxiety, rage, panic, overwhelm, shame, and guilt are examples. Noticing and discussing the emotions we have can open an opportunity to feel more deeply into the bodily feelings. We can see the emotions are just extensions of the stuck and frustrated autonomic state, and then attune to the state. Psychology can assess and treat the behaviors that we do to cope with the autonomic state, what Dr. Porges calls behavioral adaptations. The coping behaviors ultimately end up reinforcing the autonomic state, not really helping it. Things like addictions, self-harm, and compulsive picking. All of these, and many more, are ways to attempt to handle the defensive energy that is in the body but detached from the mind. Eliminating the behavioral adaptations opens an avenue for feeling and then appropriately utilizing the defensive energy. Doing these pieces can oftentimes look like therapy. In therapy, the client can discuss the cognitive, emotional, and somatic impacts of their traumatized state in the here and now. Not only discuss these things, but feel them, be with them, develop a fuller and more present felt sense through reattaching the conscious thinking mind with the body. Doing so in a safe environment with a safe person can help to re-regulate the autonomic nervous system back to where it functions the best, the ventral vagal social engagement system. But self-regulating the nervous system doesn't have to come only from therapy. Other methods can be helpful, but They all require mindfulness of our biology while in the present moment. Things like yoga and meditation can be helpful. There's also other things to help self-regulate like dance, art, music, singing, breathing techniques, socializing, and more. All of these things help to re-regulate the autonomic nervous system. The basic idea here, in short, trauma is a stuck autonomic nervous system defensive response to something or some things. To get unstuck, the individual needs to bring their conscious, mindful awareness to their bodily sensations. The field of psychology and the practice of therapy can be valuable in that process. Psychology helps to identify thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that are keeping the individual in their stuck defensive state, and then treat those identified problems. Doing so opens up the opportunity to bring the conscious to the somatic. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed uh, the reading of my blog article. Again, it is called The Mind-Body Connection and Trauma, and there will be, or there is, 
a link in the description. I have lots of other blog articles. I also have a new course that I created called Building Safety Anchors that I think you'll like. It is a 30-day course slash challenge that it, every day has like a, a small step that you can take toward building your own what I call safety anchors. It's just things that bring you bring you and your specific nervous system to the present moment. It's, again, small steps every single day for 30 days. Now, I don't think it's too overwhelming, probably maybe at most 30 minutes a day, but you can pace yourself as well. And I'll have a link to that in the description as well. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.